How many of you have ever said something like this? I wish I knew then what I know now. Well, maybe I should ask it this way. Who's never said that? It's interesting, a lot of people who have won the lottery, the jackpot, have said that. Bob won $31 million in the Texas lottery, quit his job at Home Depot, bought a ranch, a few houses, gave money to his church, to his friends, couldn't say no to anybody, spent every dime, ended up divorced, and in less than two years, not only was he divorced and broke, he committed suicide. Lou, a lady, won $5 million, bought a condo in Florida, took trips to Europe and other places, started gambling, gave money away. She said, and this is quote, she lived for the day. Now, today, she's 81 years old. She spent it all, lives in a mobile home on Social Security, drawing $1,000 a month. Michael won $14 million when he was 19 years old, bought a mansion. Gold jewelry, started buying drugs. Ten years later, he was living on unemployment checks. Today, he works at a slaughterhouse. About 70% of people who suddenly receive a windfall of cash, whether it's through an inheritance, a lottery, or whatever, about 70% of the people who come into a large amount of money all at one time lose all of it within a few years. Now think about that. 70% lose it. You've heard me say before, uh, what you give to your kids when you die, it's going to be gone in two years. On average, credit card debt in America. The average American owes over $6,000 on, on credit cards. The average American, therefore, spends over $1,200 a year on interest alone on credit card debt. That's the average. Many of the half of us are doing a whole lot worse than that. Some people, it seems, learn lessons the hard way. I remember when I was younger, um, you know, preachers have a reputation for driving fast, and I lived up to that. I got a few speeding tickets. Anybody in here ever got a speeding ticket? But I got too many of them too quick, too close together. And the insurance rate, now I never, you know, had to go to class, but the insurance, the auto insurance went way up. I was a young man, way up. And I finally started looking at those bills and said, well, what I, the cleaned up version of what I said to myself was, Steve, you're not smart. And so I made a decision to change some things, and it was amazing within two or three years what happened to my insurance cost. And I thought, man, I've been throwing away a lot of money all those years until I wised up. Sometimes we have to learn things the hard way. And I've, I've said it more than once in my life, I wish I knew then what I know now and about a lot of areas of life, but that's also true about money, isn't it? And what a lot of people don't realize is the Bible says a lot about money. God tells us many things about money in 
the Scripture, and much of what he says is not just spiritual, it's practical. And that's what I want us to talk about for the next few weeks. And th- this, this month, I'm going to preach four sermons, all from the book of Proverbs, okay? Every, every passage we look at will be from the book of Proverbs, asking what does God teach us about money in these passages And I think you'll be amazed how much he says about it in that book and how practical it is. Now, because we always need to be learning, we we never arrive at the place that we've learned everything we need to know. And, you know, circumstances change, culture changes, economy changes, tax law changes. This afternoon, uh, there's a workshop being provided that costs nothing. It's absolutely free, just giving information. We're not selling anything. And I don't care who you are, you can learn something because you, you heard it mentioned in the video, at the, the FBC 60, but uh, it's also going to talk about retirement and some tips to help you not outlive uh, your money, talk about some of the things going on in today's economy and how that affects us and how you can respond to it, Talks uh, going to talk today a little bit about inflation and investing and and what's going on. So a lot of things, very practical. We do this a couple of times a year. Mike and Jay put that together. So, hey, if you haven't registered, that's okay. Show up. Show up this afternoon, 4 o'clock for an hour and a half, room 302-304. Just go up the first stairwell, and and you're there because we want to help people in practical ways. That's what the Bible does. So we're going to look at uh, four topics, okay? Next, Next Sunday in Proverbs, we're going to look at money thieves, things that steal money. Because Proverbs, talk, Proverbs talks about that. But today I want to talk about uh, some things that are more important than money. And the reason I want to begin there is you're never going to manage money the way God wants you to manage it and, in the, and the way that, that in the end is the, the, the most effective and most fulfilling and makes the biggest difference unless you keep proper perspective. And a lot of us in our American culture, our perspective when it comes to money is all messed up. So we need to understand the practical things God tells us so we have a right perspective about money. And today, some of the things that are more important than money. So Proverbs 15 is where we'll start in a minute. Um, Craig Lewis is a young man, grew up in Australia, was working in Atlanta, Georgia, um, as a marketing manager making good money. And for three years, he worked hard, made money, and saved everything and had enough to put a really large down payment on a house. But instead, after three years, when he was 26 years old, he decided he'd quit his job, and he was going to fulfill, check off the things on his bucket list and travel the world. So he bought, he bought an airline ticket nonstop, or, or, or full round trip rather, with eight stops along the way. And, and, and between those stops, he would hitchhike and ride trains, and, and he would sleep you know, in train stations and bus stations and meet people. And he had all these experiences. And he he did that for 18 months. Just went around the world. He uh, did a a safari in Tanzania, in Africa. He swam with the sharks off the coast of Africa. He jumped off the world's highest bridge in France. He uh, flew in a wingsuit. He did scuba diving. Uh, between the tectonic plates in Iceland, he, he went up to the base camp. Uh, uh, what's the tallest mountain? Help me. Mount Everest. 
I mean, he just did a lot of things. And he, and he took his camera and he videoed all of it. And everywhere he'd go, he'd meet people and make friends. And, he, and he'd high-five his camera. And that's a viral video on the Internet, on YouTube. And uh, that's what he spent the money he'd saved up doing. Um, and he said he didn't regret it. Now, we, we can debate whether or not what he did was smart or not. He's 26 years old. When he was doing it, he was single, no family. And he's part of a growing trend in America that says, I'm going to spend my money on experiences, not things. And the truth is, there's some wisdom in that. Because there's a lot of us who have a lot of stuff when we die, but we haven't lived. So there's some wisdom in that. And we, we can debate all of that. But he's right about one thing. There are things in life more important than money and our stuff. There are things more important than how big or nice our house is. More important than how new or fancy our car is. More important than what clothes we wear. More important than what clubs we belong to. There are things more important in life than money and stuff. And Proverbs makes that really, really clear. I want to show you real quickly four things that Proverbs, that, and when I say Proverbs, it's God's Word. So this is what God is saying. Four things God says are more important than money. Now, this is not diminishing money. I'm not saying it's not important. It is. But it's not the only thing, and it's not the most important thing. Proverbs chapter 15, look at verse 17. Better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened or uh, than, than a fattened ox served with hatred. Now he's not talking about being a vegetarian. He's talking about the fact if all you can afford is vegetables versus steak. He said, if all you can afford is vegetables, you don't have much. But in your life, there's love. That's better than somebody who can afford a big thick New York strip every day and has no love in his life. It's very practical that love and relationships and people are more important than money and the stuff that we can buy with money. Now, is anybody in here going to argue with that point? Yet how many times do we sacrifice relationships, sacrifice people, sacrifice love for money, for work, and for stuff? Proverbs chapter 17, verse 1. Now, I'm not putting this, the verses, just the reference on the screen, because I want you to open your Bible. If you have an electronic Bible, open that. I want you to look it in God's Word today. Proverbs 17, verse 1. Better is a dry morsel and quietness with it than a house full of feasting with strife. He's, he's saying... It's, it's better if you've just got some stale bread, but there's no fighting, there's no arguing because the relationships are healthy, than, than to have a feasting, have a, you know, a big Thanksgiving dinner, but everybody's shouting at each other, everybody's arguing with each other, everybody's cutting each other, everybody's putting each other down. He, said it, he says it's better if you have less but have love than have a lot and not have love. 
Sometimes I think we need to be reminded of that. Money is a big stress in many marriages. And, and that, that's people who don't have enough and people who do have enough. When, when young couples come to me for marriage counseling, premarital counseling, it's interesting because uh, everyone that me and the staff do a wedding for, they, there's an online assessment we require them to take. And it's very, very accurate. I get like a 30-page printout. And it's, 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 it's detailed and it's accurate. And it is amazing how many couples are falling in love and they're getting married, but they haven't really talked much about money. And they have these real differences in thinking about money, how they deal with money, their, their habits, their, their philosophies. Because, you know, most people growing up bring with them into adulthood what they learn from childhood about money, good or bad. And when they get married, they bring those habits, those thinking, that, those thought patterns, all that, into the marriage. And, and, and they're not always the same. And if they're not careful, those challenges, those differences create stress and tension and problems. I mean, money problems is up there pretty close to uh, sex and other things when it comes to marital issues. It's a biggie. And that's why we need to have a biblical understanding, a biblical perspective when it comes to money. You know, research tells us that uh, once we have enough to essentially meet our basic needs, having more does not make us happier. In fact, research has been around for decades, and it keeps affirming the same thing, that decade after decade, and think about this, over the last several decades, um, wealth in America has increased twice, three times. We're wealthier now than we've ever been. And yet with all of that, the level of happiness has stayed essentially the same. It may fluctuate just a little bit, but it's pretty well flat. But you know what has changed? The depression rate in America has skyrocketed. Because we're, we're thinking that if we feed the appetite for things and for stuff, we'll be happy. But how many of you have ever, ever uh, you know, at Thanksgiving been so excited and looking forward to it, you sat down, you ate the turkey, the stuffing, and everything else, and, and then the next thing you, you knew, you, you were on the couch, on, you were hurting. How many of you have ever gone to bed at night with indigestion? How many of you have ever bought a card? You love that new look and you love that new smell, but after a few months, the new smell's gone, and that once beautiful car's got scratches. See, if, you, if your goal in life is to satisfy this appetite for stuff that money, money allows us to purchase, you're always going to be hungry because once you eat, you digest it and you need to eat again. And it's an unending process that never completely satisfies. There's always something next, something more, something else. And God is saying, listen, Back up, slow down, think a little bit. The people in your life are more important than the stuff you buy. I can't tell you how many families I've dealt with over the years who have absolutely disintegrated once mom or dad died over what was in the will. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? And it doesn't have to be a lot. I've seen families fall apart over a little 
over a piece of furniture. You talk about having our priorities all out of whack. People, God says people matter more than money. Here's the second thing, a good reputation. And look at what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22. The Lord tells us in verse 1, a good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. All of us want to pay our bills. All of us have things we want to buy. How badly do we want a good reputation and good name? God says what people think about you, your reputation because of the way you live, matters more than money. How many of you just shake your head and cringe now with so many different emotions when you hear the name Bill Cosby. Hmm? Fame, wealth. At one point, he, he was worth $400 million. But he's not going to be remembered for the Cosby show and Fat Albert. He's not going to be remembered for being a, a you know, a, a funny stand-up comic. He's going to be remembered for being a Sexual predator for being a creep. More than 60 women accusing him of sexual assault. Just convicted, sentenced to three to ten years in prison. An old man, it was sad. Here's an old man, what is he, 80, 81, whatever he is, in handcuffs and practically legally blind. And he, But you see, what, what does God say? Be sure your sin will what? And that's true not just for Bill Cosby, but for you and me as well. When I was young, one of my favorite cartoons was Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. I was in high school, but on Saturdays, I'd watch Fat Albert. Love Fat Albert. Bill Cosby was affectionately known as America's America's dad. He still has a lot of money, not much else. And he certainly doesn't have a good reputation, does he? God says a good reputation is worth more than success, worth more than fame, worth more than money. Remember, there are things more important. Is money? Does money matter? Yes, but there are things that matter more. Here's number three, integrity. <clears throat> Integrity. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 8. Proverbs 16, uh, verse 8. He says, Better is a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. Now chew on that a moment. Better is a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. Back in chapter 15, near the end of the chapter, verse 27, he who profits illicitly troubles his own house. He said, when you, you make money, but you do it immorally, you do it illegally, you do it in a wrong way, eventually you're going to bring problems to your own home, to your own family. 
William Black lived in Columbia, South Carolina. In the late 90s, he was one of the most uh, successful and wealthy sports agents in America, representing well-known players in the NBA and the NFL. At one, moment, at one point in time, his, per, his own company was worth $125 million. One, one morning after having breakfast with his family, talking about things, he got in his car on his way to the office when a, an unmarked police car turned on the blue lights and pulled him over, and all of a sudden all of these agents jumped out with their guns, and he was arrested. Financial fraud and money laundering. Spent the next eight years in prison. <clears throat> when he was arrested, his youngest son was four years old. Very attached to his dad. After he had been in prison three days, his wife was allowed to visit, and she was telling him that her son, their four-year-old son, kept uh, asking, kept telling her to, 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 to tell, tell his dad, tell, her, tell, tell this guy in prison, ask him, Mom, ask him. And, and he, he kind of pushed his wife, not literally, but well, what, what was he wanting you to ask me? And she finally told him, she, she explained that Friday was uh, um, Father Sunday at his day school, and he wanted to know if you could come. He said, that's when I went back to my room alone and just cried like a baby because that's when it hit me. What I had done was affecting a whole lot more people than just me. Isn't that what God says? When you make money illicitly, immorally, illegally, you're not the only person impacted. You bring it home. And so God is saying, listen, listen, there's things more important than money, good relationships, a good re reputation, and integrity because those things are going to bless you and bless the people you love in life. One more passage on this, Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs 11, verse 18. He says, the wicked earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteousness gets a true reward. And what's he talking about? He's saying, in your work, Earn what you get paid. Don't steal from your employer by being lazy or taking office products out. Have integrity. And here's the fourth thing. So, hey, good reputation, good relationships, integrity. Number four, God's wisdom. He says God's wisdom is more valuable than money and stuff. Proverbs chapter 16, look with me at verse 16. Proverbs 16, verse 16, the Bible says this. How much better it is to get wisdom than gold. And to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. Now, listen, we work. There's some of you get up early every morning and, and, and get to the office or commute to Charlotte or hop on a plane and fly somewhere else in the country. You work. I see Dean down here, he flies outside the country sometimes. We work to make silver, to make gold, to make money, right? Well, let me ask you, how much work do you put into gaining the wisdom of God? Because what he, what he says here, listen, 
is how much better is it to get wisdom than gold? So if I'm going to get one, what am I doing to get God's wisdom in my life? What am I doing to feast upon, to feed on the Word of God and the truth of God so that I can have the wisdom of God for living? Some of us are, you know, we're we're good people. We try to do good things. But, man, we're going through this life, and when it comes to having the wisdom of God, you know, it's like we only eat about once a week. And when it comes to spiritual wisdom, we're skinny. Our bones are showing. Because we just don't eat. I'll just tell you, when it comes to the wisdom of God, that's one place it's okay to be fat. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, look at verses 13 through 15. He says in verse 13, how, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit, wisdom's profit, is better than the profit of silver. God, God says what, what you gain, the benefits that come to you because of wisdom are greater than the benefits that come to you because you have money. Her gain, at the end of verse 14, is better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Now think about that. Nothing you want in life can compare to the beauty of actually being a person who has the wisdom of God shaping your life. One last passage. Proverbs chapter 2, starting at verse 2. He said, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. How wise are you? How much of the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, do you have in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your life? Are you seeking it? See, do you know what wisdom does? And I'm not talking about just being intellectually smart. I'm talking about having the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God. Because there's a lot of smart people in this world who have no wisdom. The wisdom of God blesses you. The wisdom of God protects you. The wisdom of God guides you, gives direction. The wisdom of God brings stability to life. The wisdom of God will bring you honor. And the wisdom of God in your life will bring honor to the Lord. Bill Cosby has a Ph.D. in education. Did you know that? That's the reason Fat Albert and some of the other things he did were educational. They, had, they taught stuff. They were good for that. He is intelligent. But he's not wise. And now his wife is without him and she's angry and bitter. 
he may die in prison. So you can be intelligent, but have no wisdom. You can be talented and passionate, but have no wisdom. God says there are things more important than money, good relationships, a good reputation, integrity, and the wisdom of God are worth more than any amount of money you will ever make and worth more than anything you will ever buy. Let's stand. Father, the cares of this world and the desires of the flesh are real and they're strong. And sometimes we allow them to become our master. Forgive us for that. And Lord, as we continue worshiping you, give us the courage to respond in obedience to your word, to your truth, and to what your Holy Spirit is saying to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. We have uh, pastors here at the front. You can come and have someone pray with you during this hymn of invitation. You're invited to kneel at this altar and pray to God about your own life. Uh, maybe there's a relative, a child, a grandchild you're concerned about because of the way they're living. Financial things in their life. Come and pray for them. But come and pray. Come and speak to Jamie or me and say, hey, today I, I want to join First Baptist Church or I need to be baptized. I, I've accepted Christ, but I've never been baptized. And I want to be baptized at a future service. Most importantly, God's saying relationships are more important than money, but the most important relationship is the one with Him. That's the foundation for everything in life. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that can change right now. I'm inviting you to come to one of us and say, today I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to give my life to Him and become a follower of Christ repent of my sin and commit my life to him and, and start learning what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. Because I want to live life the way he wants. I want to live life well. And I want to know God. So let's sing together. You come, we wait for you. You come right now.